and welcome to the Grunge Granny Podcast. This is Ren. It is February 3rd of 2020, which is a pretty magical year. I feel like this is the year where I really get a lot of good inner work done, and I think that a lot of other people will too. It seems like that's the universal call right now. I have taken a break for a bit. I needed some time to think because I didn't really know, I didn't want to do just another new moon, full moon intentions or 2020 goals or intentions because I wasn't entirely sure of them and I'm still not completely sure. I know ultimately one of the things that I'm doing is trying to constantly grow based off of my last goals and seeing what I had trouble with and kind of addressing those things head on. I wrote a blog post on this and so I'm going to just read from that but before I did I wanted to say that I talk about letting go. Last year a card that I kind of got over and over was the Eight of Swords and that wonderful magical friend Krista from Russellville, Arkansas's Side Chicks is a tarot reader and she always kind of laughs when she sees this card because she it's it's almost like she thinks it's silly like like there's this woman if you're familiar with the imagery then you know what it looks like if you're not then from the rider weight and then a lot of other decks it's a woman who has often a blindfold and her hands are tied in some way and she is surrounded by swords and often her ties around her hands aren't actually bound to anything like they don't seem to be tied they seem to be kind of just loosely wound around her arms that or it's the fact that she's they're usually tied in front of her as well so she could just remove the blindfold and use any of those swords to cut her binds and she doesn't and this is the card of limiting beliefs Um, and I'm sure that there's a whole bunch more that goes into it but for me whenever I've gotten it this is what I have heard and in my own readings this is what I've read or what's resonated with me the most is that it's a lot about kind of being your own captor I want to work on that and I think I have been working on that but now the card I get all the time is the nine of wands So I've been trying to look at all the ways that I've maybe disconnecting myself from my body, my sexuality, from love, my emotions, my community, the people that I love the most, ways that I'm not fully accepting these parts of me or these parts of other people. I was listening to this podcast that I absolutely love called Between the Worlds. It was formerly Strange Magic, if you were listening to it then. And one of the things that they talked about in the Lovers episode was how the Lovers card represents really protecting the other's world so that it can evolve and grow as you protect your world so that eventually 
you find the resources and tools and strength to build bridges across them. And that this can be internal, it can be external, it can be with another person, it can be with versions of you in the past or the future, um, it could be even ancestral. And I see this a lot as something that I, this is definitely a goal that I have for myself, is to protect I've always been really adamant about protecting my world, but I want to be as adamant in protecting the worlds of the people that I love. I want to be able to facilitate that and facilitate their growth. And that made me realize how, how I can approach my own inner child healing. I want to be able to protect the world's of certain parts of me and one of these things is body image um, and one of these things is my sexuality and this is a tough thing for me to talk about because I have a lot of sexual trauma from my childhood and it is easier to just pretend that my body doesn't exist or cover it up with things that make me enjoy it existing, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I love putting together outfits. I love putting together fun costumes. I've always loved theater for that reason. I love makeup for that reason. But when you completely strip down and you're faced with your own body, it's really hard when you've gone through trauma to look at it as is and not see it as an avenue for pain even if there is nobody inflicting pain on it anymore and even if that is now just yourself which brings us back to the whole eight of swords thing where it's being my own captor at this point because of this need for protection and I feel the same way about my sexuality where I want to make an effort to create a sphere around my sexuality so that I can feel like that world is protected to grow and evolve on its own without worry about fear or someone taking advantage of that. And that is closely tied with my body image issues. So I have to be very careful about them both and I need to find ways to connect to both of them that feel safe where the evolution and the growth that occurs happens with both at the same time and I'm working on this very very slowly I also wanted to give a quick little shout out to Phaedra Dawn a friend of mine who has been talking a lot about this and a lot about magic and witchcraft and getting in touch with your sexuality specifically with the feminine body and I when I say feminine I use that for like any feminine body I don't if that's how you identify though I also think this is also really important for masculine bodies but neither here nor there um that will go into a whole other tangent and I would love to talk about that sometime too but I think that ultimately it's more just the physical body I know she as a mother is wanting to connect more with aspects of femininity and 
I think I probably need to focus on that also because of how much that is exploited, but how specifically my trauma has to do with that. But if you do want to look her up, uh, her Instagram is Phaedra Dawn of Time. It's P-H-A-E-D-R-A-D-A-W-N-O-F-T-I-M-E. She is a wonderful friend of mine and is absolutely just fantastic and magical and I love her so much and I feel really inspired by a lot of the things that she says in posts um even if I struggle to embody the things that she talks about I know she's also working on doing circles and like some women's groups around that and part of it is that she lives in another town but I haven't been able to go but I also think that if I wasn't so scared that I would probably just make the time and I haven't so far but it is one of my 2020 goals to make make it to one of her circles at least in the first six months I'm gonna get myself there okay I just wanted to say all that before I go into this post and If you want to read it, the post is up on grungegranny.com. And thank you for listening. This post is called, How Do You Let Go? I was thinking a lot about how often people tell me to just let go of a lot of things. And I don't really know what that means. So that's what this is about. Over the past few months, I've been getting the Nine of Wands and Tarot readings a lot. If you know what this means, then you know it's about having to stick it out with whatever that's in regard to. It's often in relation to an overarching goal of some type. For me, that's healing a lot of childhood trauma and embodying my authentic self. I'm working on this in a lot of ways. Part of it is to connect with my inner knowing and my intuition. I've been doing this through meditation and developing a closer relationship with my tarot and oracle cards. At first, I felt apprehensive about this. I didn't like everything they were saying, but my oracle cards have always been the kindest. My tarot cards were the ones that kept saying, hey, let go of your limiting beliefs, to which I always frustratingly responded with, okay, but how? I do gratitude lists and constantly question my motivations behind any decision. I want to be sure that I'm not ever moving from a place of trauma, and it's hard for me to know what the right thing to do is. I started going to therapy, but even then, what he repeatedly says is to sit quietly and see what I feel. I feel all sorts of things, and at this point, I can convince myself to feel any side of a thing very strongly. Sometimes, I have to just pick a thing and then act on it to see what happens. Otherwise, I sit stagnantly waiting for the universe to either show me that that was the right or the wrong move. I'm working on connecting to my self-confidence. I do this by doing the things anyway. I want to write music, stories, draw, paint, do calligraphy, do makeup, etc. And I don't always feel confident in doing it. But sometimes I get myself to work on the things because I remind myself that every bad drawing is a step closer to a good one. Every bad song is another bad song out of the way and then I'm closer to the one that really moves me. Doing this gives me this, yeah, I'm doing this for me attitude toward my work and I feel less apprehensive over starting new things or showing off other things. I'm working on connecting to my body and my sexuality. I want to love my body for its flaws and differences and accept it as is. 
I'm working on this in different ways, but one is modeling for figure drawing classes and reminding myself that bodies are bodies. They move and change and grow and shrink and curve and break and some have fewer bits and some have more bits and that in itself is a beautiful thing. This has been helping me connect with my body in some ways. I can't deny its existence. I have to be aware of the placement of my body and physicality. I have to be aware of my balance and nothing is hidden. But when it comes to sexuality, that's tougher. I'm working on that one by working on artwork to submit to our local smut scene. It's a celebration of bodies and sexuality with the freedom to be crass or kinky, just the freedom of sexuality and sex. And I had this epiphany the other day. I was at work and I told someone I played guitar. The person I was talking to kept interrupting me, repeating what I was saying about my guitar in an undermining way. So what kind of guitar do you play? It's an Epiphone, uh-huh, an Epiphone. Hollow body, ooh, a hollow body. I think it's 339, uh-huh, yep, that's a kind of Epiphone. Do you have a picture? I pulled up my social media account where a lot of my profile pictures are of me from shows, always with this guitar. He said he wanted to see the headstock and I flipped through trying to find one where, where it was kind of visible. He made a joke about me going through the pictures too quickly for him to see anything. I said, okay, well here, if you can tell, but there isn't really a clear one of the headstock. I handed him my phone. He flipped through my profile pictures for a bit and said, well, it sure looks like you can hold it, but what can you do with it? Disappoint you, probably, was my response. He made comments about my profile pictures. A coworker had a dancey playlist going. I wanted to dance along while I worked like I often do, but I wanted to avoid any comments about dancing along or my body. That's when it hit me. He can say whatever he wants about me and my guitar. I don't claim to be an amazing guitarist. I know I'm mediocre, but I also know I improve quickly and that if I really wanted to get better, I'd just have to sit and regularly practice. This doesn't chat my ass. When I thought that he might comment about my dancing, my physicality, my body is when I felt really small. I felt watched and targeted. It was, a, it was apparent that he wasn't trying to be mean but thought that he was being playful with me and wanted to get a rise out of me, like a child that tells you the same knock-knock joke ten times in an hour. I could say, oh, he was being harmless, because overall, I don't think that I have anything to legitimately fear, but I did still feel fear. I felt eyes and thoughts and his invasive energy with my own self-deprecating background noise, and I thought of my friend Susan, telling me to stop letting other people take my power. What would that look like? I wondered. I imagined it. Shamelessly dancing along, maybe moving my hips, maybe not worrying about whether or not I felt or looked sexy to others as long as I was enjoying myself, not worrying that he was going to think that I was trying to be something that I may or may not be trying to feel or be because what would it matter? Then switching to silly dance moves because sometimes I just want to move my body and I don't care if it looks like a cross between Jimmy, Jun Jimmy Jr. from Bob's Burgers or Linda, but just to move it, damn it. I can recognize these triggers. I can see them now and know that they're connected to this desire to be invisible, to avoid being anyone's object of desire, because being the object of desire is equivocated with being abused, lied to, manipulated against, and taken from, and has been a cycle that I've repeated over and over, and instead of waiting for or demanding or holding space for real and genuine love, I've accepted that same objectification and abuse. When the opportunity comes to receive love, I run from it. When someone claims to not care what I look like because they care about my soul, then I think, but if I'm not the object of desire, then people will leave. And what the fuck is that? So here we go. How do we know why we have these issues and how do we actually let go? I've explained some of my mechanisms above, but more than that, I want to explain how I decide what to do and why. 
I see this ever-long marathon of self-healing as a series of trust falls that I give myself and others. Not in a way that I'm testing others, but I'm testing my reaction to others' honesty as it triggers my insecurities and deepest fears, in the way that I'm testing my ability to accept others for their bad communication skills, or harsh ways of putting things to my oh-so-delicate nature, or loving honesty in a way that forces me to see things from their view because my love for, for them because of my love for them, but initially results in an internal battle with myself before I can grapple with it. I see it as a trust fall when I communicate with those closest to me about the progress that I'm making, recognizing that I have a lot of trouble of knowing love when I see it and that often I don't feel like I feel it. I just choose to do it. I see every drawing and song and blog entry and podcast as a trust fall with myself to show up for me and allow myself to be late, to be sporadic, to be inconsistent, to be good some days and not as good others. I see it as a trust fall when I pick which of the inner voices I'm going to heed and trust the outcome as a lesson I need. And every time I do one, I have to forgive myself for the harshness I feel toward myself. Forgive myself for the instantaneous fear that sparks and encourage myself to see my strength in the doing it anyway attitude. I remind myself that every trust fall loosens this rope that may not be tied to anything but my waist. While I don't feel like I can just let go, I do feel like I can test the waters, I can slowly release, I can loosen my own ties against myself and get used to the feeling of freedom until the feeling of freedom is all I know.